like a moment from a horror movie. You have been hanging out in the wrong clubs, Mr. Wayne. I've seen this movie. Smoke and mirrors, guys. Welcome to the movie factory. Join the club. We've got jackets. And you stole it from a movie. We want you in our club, kid. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And we are here at week two of March 2022 with now streaming. Uh, Corey's pick this week was The Eyes of Tammy Faye, which was available to watch on HBO Max and is a 2021 film uh, that's getting Jessica Chastain a lot of attention. She won the SAG Award for Best Actress for this, in fact. But before we get into this movie, um, we're going to catch up with how we've been since the last time we recorded and see what else we've been watching. Corey, how's your week been? Fine. Um, almost halfway over, so usually I'm, a, you know, I know I can make it. <laughs> um, just been busy. How about you? Uh, uh, extra busy. Our yearbook deadline was this week. Oh, dang. Um, so we've been finalizing things, and uh, it, it's it's always um, stressful but exciting and uh, regretting because there's always things where you're like, oh, I wish we'd had more time to get this, or I wish we'd gotten that, and um. But it's also like uh, next week we will celebrate the conclusion of the, the main part of the yearbook because we still have you know a quarter left for the class. So the, the last quarter we start planning next year's yearbook. Um, but next week we'll uh, we'll celebrate. We'll have like a little party, um, which I haven't done in two years uh, because two years ago uh, I went home on a Friday uh, with a school credit card with the intent of going to buy like snacks and drinks. Um, and then ordering pizza because that's always the the first day we get pizza, but the rest of the week is just like chips and and cookies and stuff. It's I I only see them three days a week um, because we we do like odd classes Monday Wednesday and then Fridays all six. Um, but uh, when I went home two years ago with the card, uh, we were told not to come back because of COVID. Um, and then spring break hit, and then we never went back to school. So uh, I never ordered um we didn't do the pizza or anything that year and then last year most of my students were off campus so it didn't feel right to have a celebration um with only like five kids in the room and everyone else at home uh so this is this year will be the first year we're back to the uh the way it used to be um whether or not that's the right thing i still don't know but that's where we're at so that's what we're doing um but yeah so we I, i've been for the last two hours i've been uh watching a movie while also finalizing pages. Cause I have to like go in spread by spread, verify that we're okay with the way it is, submit it. And then just waiting on internet, you know, like it takes way too long sometimes. I, I'm only I'm about three quarters of the way through. So uh, I will not finish it tonight. Like I would plan because it was taking, it's just taking so long. I mean, I've been working on it since like seven forty, and it just could not get through all. It's only 144 pages. Uh, well, 165 this year because we added senior ads back. Um, there's a lot of yearbook talk, folks. Sorry, uh, this has consumed my my week. So, um, but otherwise, I'm I'm good. Uh, we have an early release day on Friday, which is uh, unusual. Usually, early release days are Wednesdays. Um, but why? I'm kind of why are they Wednesdays? Yeah, they've they've always been since I've been teaching. I don't know, guys. It's like. People will love you if it's Friday and they get an early start to their weekends. 
that I'm like looking at this one, like, even though I have like a meeting afterwards, I'm still like this, I kind of like this. Cause it's like, you know, the students that students often skip on early release days. Like they just don't feel like it's worth their time kind of crap. It, they should totally come and it is worth their time. But nevertheless, it, it always is less people in class than normal. And I'm expecting it to be even less people than normal because it's a Friday. But I'm all for Friday early releases. I, I'm like, this is way better. I don't know why we've always done it in the middle of the week. Because um, it also throws off our schedule. As I noted, Mondays and Wednesdays are odd days. Tuesday, Thursdays are even days. So when there's an early release on a Wednesday, they have to move the odd day to Friday to like balance out the week. Well, at least we used to. It's a whole thing. It's a nightmare. Friday is an easier day to like adjust because we're just like, all right, fine. We'll only see three classes this Friday. Um, but that's enough about my job. Uh, let's talk movies. Um, I haven't seen... Uh, we're recording a little earlier, although this is going to be our new recording day, I think, moving forward, kind of. Um, but uh, we're recording on a Wednesday, and so that means we've only had a few days since our last recording, which was on a the traditional Friday. Uh, but, Corey, what have you managed to catch since uh, our last recording? Not a whole lot, but I did um, start watching that uh, new miniseries or whatever on the Netflix Worst Roommate Ever. The episodes are kind of long, um, so I've been trying to watch those on my lunch, and so they get broken up into many parts, but um, it's all very terrifying. And then, um, uh, this is not going to be a popular opinion, don't come at me, because I really don't, I don't care, but I finally got to see Licorice Pizza on Sunday, and I was so upset that I missed it in the theaters, and I just... I didn't like it. It is not for me. I don't understand everyone thinking it's like amazing, but so that's well, what I spent two hours of my time on. People can be wrong, and you and Matt are two of them. Um, You're wrong. Matt! Woo! Nope. Uh, I'm movies... just like, what is this? No, because are we glorifying an... Are we glorifying an... A relationship between a 28-year-old and a 15-year-old? I don't think he's glorifying it at all. Um, like, why? It's, like, fun. It's, you know, ah, you know, I feel like... I don't think it is. I, I, I don't think it's a glorification. Um, I want I, I, And Matt will at least vouch for this, whether he likes the movie or not, but the uh, the performances of of the two leads are phenomenal. Both Alana Haim and... Um, I'm going to forget Hoffman's son's name right now, but Cooper. Yes. Um, are, are outstanding. And, uh, Oh, I'm not saying that any of the performances are bad. And I, you know, I love like in movies with, especially like 50s, 60s, 70s. I love like the sets and I love the clothing and I love just everything that's used to time. You know what I mean? To take us back to that time. But, you know, I have to care about the characters and I have to care about the story. And I'm sorry to interrupt you. I'm really bad about that lady. Like, lately, words. Uh, I, I don't think you interrupted me, really. But, um, no, I... And I, I'm... That's... I'm like... I think the movie has a, a, a central debate that you have to... Um, I've heard some different interpretations, too, where uh, some people are not reading it as a romantic thing at the end. I don't feel like that's an easy read. Um, I do feel like it is, is clearly romantic, but at the end of the film, 
Um, I think it is troubling. I think her character is uh, not meant to be like, that's, I don't think it's glorifying. I think it's supposed to be problematic. I think that's part of the problem Her throughout the movie. She's making really questionable choices in this weird, like, like almost not quite a midlife crisis, but it's kind of in the graduate sense of like, she doesn't seem to know what she wants to do, but desperately wants to do something. And um, she had been making a lot of bad choices throughout the film. I mean, even like the scene with yeah. Bradley Cooper is a really good one. So I, I don't I don't think a character has to do the right thing for it to be a compelling thought process because again this is a fictional film so I don't feel like he's um I don't feel like Paul Thomas Anderson is advocating for the choices no, that are being made. I feel like if it was um if it was like the sexes were reversed though they would have made it even more like but I think that's an interesting perspective to say like it would have been much like more troublesome much right. more uncomfortable like it, i i just feel like i i and i feel like this has happened in society like even in society with things that have happened to men on the news and stuff and they're like oh and i do not agree with this but that oh well it doesn't it's not as bad if the guy the male is young it's like yeah. i've heard people say stuff like that personally in my life well and, beyond you know, i mean there were literal uh, florida teachers female teachers who had sex with students that the uh the criminal defense was that um she like i believe they said she was too pretty to go to jail this was like at least 10 years ago but nevertheless like um probably more than that god i forget how late i know time. uh it's probably like 15 years ago but but yeah and that was uh people like would say things like that the horrific things like Oh, if I wish that had happened when I was in school, and you're like that is a horrible thing to say. That kid is not capable of making the decision that you're saying. So I, I don't. In fact, the the magic of Licorice Pizza to me was in. With I'm sorry, folks, we're kind of treading in the spoilers uh, for Licorice Pizza, so I guess skip ahead. But the ending, I was surprised at how much i was rooting for her and yet like i knew it wasn't like you know what i'm saying like i was like the story you're you're wrapped up in it you're like hooked into it and you're also like this is wrong and i think like i don't know i i was so wrapped up in the performances and part of the problem is cooper doesn't uh feel like he's 15 like in the movie like like there are things that the character demonstrates where you're like oh yeah he's 15 but like he doesn't read as 15 anyways and so like that's easy enough to get lost in and then um the storytelling is so compelling that it's hard to like not get into it. but i i think there's you know stuff to be uh to be analyzed I, and I, obviously a lot of people love the movie so uh, like it I, I know I'm I'm definitely on the uh, not the popular end of the spectrum there, but I just like I couldn't forget that he was 15 the whole movie. And I'm just like, if this was a man in that position, it would be I would hear nothing but grooming, 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 grooming. And I mean, like, she's not necessary. I, I don't know. Maybe she's she's spending a lot of her. I don't know. I'll just stop. It, it's we, we were, we're not reviewing that film right now, folks. So sorry. Yeah, we uh, are. But yeah, apparently we, but um, I'm, I am a big fan of the film. It was one of my favorites from last year. I specifically love Alana Haim's performance. I just, especially for a first time actress. 
Um, and the whole band is uh, her family. I um, love it. And her real mom and dad, right? Yes, it's correct. Her whole family. Okay. Which I believe they are uh, like their managers or something though for the band too. Like I think they are not oh, in the, the band, but I think they are connected. And Paul Thomas Anderson just directed their uh, most recent music video. Um, I like their first album, but I haven't kept up with them after that. I have only really, I actually knew nothing of their music until Licorice Pizza. Um, same, Matt has actually, Matt's become a big fan of their music after Licorice Pizza. But um, I, I, you know, I like PTA's movies. I've, I find a lot of his movies are, are troubling. That's the other thing. Like it's, it's kind of in his track record to make you confront, you know, kind of the, the fringe society problematic things. I mean, Boogie Nights, uh, yeah, there will be blood. Um, Punch Drunk Love is is stressful as as all get out. God, um, I haven't seen that one in so long. Uh, I'm for, uh, oh, a uh, Phantom Thread. Like, think of how there is a there's like a thin a very tr- like parallel between the relationships of these like really <laughs> troubled relationships that you're like, I want I'm rooting for this, but I don't think I should be. Like, I don't know why I'm convinced that these two people love each other. Like, I don't. <laughs> lots of mixed signals about love in that one um (laughs) yeah i i can see what you're saying i just think that him being so young really bothers me i haven't seen phantom threat in a long time since theaters but i did really like that movie and we bought it because of that so and i liked it a lot too i've seen it at least twice but i haven't watched it since um i i don't make enough time for rewatching because i'm always i always feel like i should be watching something new um in fact i just watched something new uh well, but the, the uh, I, I can't get into it. My brain is like uh, 2016 broke my brain as far as like watching stuff because I'm just like I I feel like I should always be trying to expand my my viewing but history. But I can appreciate that. But I also feel like there's nothing wrong with watching things that you already enjoy. You don't but, have to watch them all the time. You're right, right. But I did, and that's the for like a long time. That's all I did, yeah. and that's part of the reason I'm like I'm catching up for all those years that I rewatched The Matrix. Um. Huber, but no regrets. Uh, uh, was there anything else that you watched? Because we got really on to licorice pizza. No. So, um, I uh, I said on Friday's episode I watched this movie Fresh. I think on Hulu, if I recall correctly, that was the last thing I talked about. I think so. If if you haven't watched it yet, you need to watch it. Don't look it up. Go oh, yep, you it. did, you did. Because um, I was I like take notes of movies you talk about. That one's like I really want other people to see that movie because it's so it's it's not even I'm not saying it's like a masterpiece or anything, but it's really interesting. They do some very unique things, and it is some it's still very very watchable. I think it's uh, an entertaining movie. Um, so a few years ago, 2017, in fact, there's a movie called Columbus uh, that stars Haley Lou Richardson and John Cho, and I absolutely love that film. It's directed by a guy named Koganada. Um, that's his whole name. He was a film essayist, uh, like YouTube video or Vimeo videos where he would like break down different filmmakers styles and things like that. He's really good at that too. Uh, he makes Columbus and it's, it's a masterpiece. It is a slow burn. Not everyone will love it, but those who it will click with, it really, really lands. And it, it's just an outstanding movie. Uh, the score to that film too, is just outstanding. He hasn't made a movie since then until this year, uh, we get a film called after Yang, which, um, I, one of the, the best things I've done. And streaming service purchases is I've recently added Showtime to Hulu and it has paid off twice now uh, within like a week of doing it because it had the movie Poop House that I talked about last week. Um, And then by coincidence, the new Coconut film that was at Sundance that I missed at Sundance 
uh, dropped on Showtime this weekend. And I get to watch it because I have it on Hulu. Um, it's called After Yang. Uh, it stars one of my favorite actors, Colin Farrell, um, who's progressively becoming my favorite actor. I, I just love this guy in everything. Um, and uh, it has uh, Haley Lou Richardson's in it again, but she's in a much smaller role this time. But it's this really interesting contemplative sci-fi fit flick, um, which is completely not what Columbus is. Columbus is a lot more straightforward, but it deals with some of the same themes um, it's, it's very interesting. If you have access to Showtime listeners, I recommend checking out after Yang. Um, especially if you like a little bit of like a contemplative, slow, uh, sci-fi, this is the type of sci-fi where it's like adjacent to the, the world right now. Like it looks similar, but there's a few things different. It's not like an extreme sci-fi where like we're on another planet. It's like, it's, it feels like we're on earth, but just, you know, things are a little more technologically advanced in some capacities. Um, really think it's worth checking out. Uh, we're going to be talking about the eyes of Tammy Faye. I watched that. I rewatched the Batman. Um, I went and saw it again. It, it did bump up to love for me on the second viewing. Uh, the, the couple of things that I didn't think were perfect uh, were much easier to um, push to the side. And I, uh, I love the film. Um, Matt and I, for movie astrology, the next episode, we're going to be covering 1991, uh, which it's one of those years where I saw a lot of the movies that are like uh, worth talking about, like the top 10 for that year. I've already seen all but one. And then there's some big ones on uh, the uh, noteworthy movies that I've already seen, but there's, there's about six films that I really wanted to check out. And one of them is a Jim Jarmusch uh, anthology film called night on earth. Um, This uh, anthology film follows five different taxi drivers in five different cities, uh, LA, New York, uh, I don't remember what city in France, but France, uh, Rome, it's probably Paris, but I can't remember for sure if it was Paris, uh, Rome. And I, I think it's Moscow. Um, it's definitely Russia for the last city, but I, I, I didn't, I was like working while watching it, which did prove problematic because the last three are in subtitles. Um, the first two are in U S cities, So they're U S actors. And then it, it becomes French or Italian or Russian. Um, so made it a little harder because I was working while I was trying to watch it. Nevertheless, um, uh, Winona Ryder is in the first one. Um, so, uh, very obviously 1991. So very young Winona Ryder. Um, uh, it's, uh, it's Charmouche. So it's, it's got some interesting stuff. It's, it's kind of fun, uh, watching him kind of isolate to a taxi driver. I, I love the New York one though, because it's got Giancarlo Esposito, who I always love. And, uh, uh, Rosie Perez, but not very much of her, but she's in it. And it, it's, I love that one a lot. It's very New York. It feels like New York, like in every way. Um, and uh feels like a good, an interesting follow-up because both the Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito and uh, Rosie Perez are in Do the Right Thing just two years earlier. Um, and they don't really interact in that movie, but they interact in this a lot. And it's, it's great. Um, and then just before this, uh, I mentioned, I watched a horror movie on Hulu. Um, we need to do something. Uh, it's from last year. Uh, it's got Pat Healy in it. So if you are a fan of like cheap thrills or, uh, I mean, the dude's in a bunch of stuff. I think he's in the innkeepers and, um, good actor. I like him a lot. Um, and, uh, stars Sierra McCormick and Vanessa Shaw is like the, the mom. <laughs> um, it's a wild movie. Like it is, it's, it's real crazy. Um, but I, I enjoyed it. It's, the tension is wild. The, there's a few things that happen that really freak me out. There's some uh, solid gore. It, it's, you know, um, 
it's a reminder too that I uh I didn't realize that. Um that's weird. Uh it's it's a reminder um that my taste in horror has changed a lot over the last couple of years. I've really become a bigger fan of different types of horror that I used to not get into. Um and uh that yeah, I enjoyed it. I, I don't again I'm not saying it's like a masterpiece or anything, but it's if you like like kind of tense uh one room film too because that's it's very cool that it's like shot in this one space um there there's i don't know if i would call it comedy but there's definitely like some big extreme performances that make it kind of like you laugh at the moments like it's i i don't know that i was ever well there's at least two moments where i was kind of like creeped out um and then like the the overall stuff it was to me it was solid um definitely worth checking out and again you might not like it but i i found some uh enjoyment in it so um yeah that's what i've been watching uh i haven't had much uh technically i've also watched the truman show uh twice uh and almost three times because i'm showing that to my visual tech classes and then uh teaching um two other movies uh right now as well but i'm only like a little bit into both but so i've i've seen scenes from different things because of that but i don't usually count that in my personal viewing because i am i am showing them and i'm teaching them but they're movies that i'm very familiar with so i don't have to like watch them so i'm doing other stuff while they're watching the movie you know grading papers or finishing yearbook spreads um whatever i need to do to keep the job going but that's uh what we've been watching it's time to get into our review of the week uh we are talking the eyes of tammy faye this is a 2021 film again it's got um, at, at least Jessica Chastain Oscar nomination. I don't think I don't know if anything else was. Um, I didn't realize when going into this that this was directed by Michael Showalter, hmm. who directed The Big Sick, which is one of my favorite rom coms in the last couple what? of years. Yeah. Um, and he also directed uh, a movie that you love so much, Corey. Uh, Hello, my name is Doris. Um, you know you were a huge God. fan of that film. Um. I'm, I'm now I'm feeling no I'm right okay I was like oh wait am I wrong but no I'm correct um he's directed several episodes of Search Party uh a lot of other like shows and stuff and then uh I I, I forgot he also did the last Camille and Johnny rom com uh The Lovebirds which I liked didn't love I wanted to love because I really love Camille but it it was enjoyable um and then yeah Eyes of Tammy Faye which was surprising to me because this is is not listed as a comedy. There are some parts that I can't tell if I'm supposed to think it's funny, but we'll get into that in our review. Uh, let me finish the stats. Uh, 55 on Metascore, uh, which is, you know, not not great um, for a Metascore. Uh, written by Fenton Bailey and Randy Barbato and Abe Sylvia. Stars, as I mentioned, Jessica Chastain. Uh, Andrew Garfield in another role from this uh, past year. Uh, Cherry Jones, Vincent D'Onofrio, uh, Mark Wistratch, Sam Yeager, Louis Cancellami, Gabriel Olds, and that pretty much covers all the big names that are going to be in this. Um, I guess Jay Hughley deserves a little bit because he's Jimmy Swaggart. Um, yeah, that's the gist of it. So, um, the premise of this, if you if you're not familiar, um, an intimate look at the extraordinary rise, fall, and redemption of televangelist Tammy Faye Baker, but more her husband, uh, Jim Baker. I already forgot his name. Um, right. Jim Baker. Um, because he's the televangelist, technically. She's like, she's there, but he's the focus, I guess you would say. 
Um, but it is through her story, through, uh, well, her eyes. Um, I, uh, I'm sorry, nominees uh, for Best Achievement in Makeup and Hair Styling and Best Performance by an Actress in a Leading Role are the Oscar noms for The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Uh, Corey, you picked this one. Out of all of the things that are currently streaming, what drew you to the eyes of Tammy Faye? The eyes? No, I'm kidding. Um, so, I feel like you were maybe a little bit older than me, but <laughs> we were both, you know, like little kids when all this went down. And, like, I remember hearing about it, but also I was very young. You know what I mean? I just, I don't know. But, um everything that went down um i really like jessica chastain you know and uh i was just kind of interested in uh, seeing this i was interested when i like heard about it and then i kind of just like put it off and stuff um but yeah i don't know like i said i was so young so i don't feel like i really know a lot about the situation i know the core of what happened but I wish I could have done some more research around it. Um, but yeah, I was just kind of interested in kind of seeing the side of it. And what did uh, did you enjoy it? I did. I have lots of mixed feelings. Not about like necessarily the movie, but about Tammy Faye Baker. Mm. And obviously this this movie is sympathetic to her. Yes. So, you know what I mean? Like, not remembering or not knowing enough about the actual events that went down, and then seeing this, it gives me, you know... Well, I I didn't know this until watching, but there is a documentary from, in I think, the year 2000 called mm. The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Um, it's, it's the exact same title. It's just a documentary. Interesting. Um, and I believe, if I remember correctly, the documentary focuses on her impact on the... Uh, gay community and the specifically the drag queen community um which uh her makeup style is it's kind of um what's the not appropriated i don't want to say it's appropriate but taken as uh a common makeup style for the uh, drag queens and that's because i think the biggest surprise of the film for me was the support she gave to the gay community especially because those around her were not okay with that. Um, if, if anything, they were advocating the exact opposite. And that was like my favorite part of the film was uh, yeah. learning that detail about her. I was like, wow, um, that is especially again, because the, a lot of the other big, cause there's some people's names who I knew and have heard of, but didn't really like, I'm not, I've never watched Jerry Falwell uh, like, preach and i've never watched um i'm looking for the other pat robertson who's still uh unless he's recently retired he's still the host of the 700 club which comes on like i forget what channel i feel like uh it used to come on like freeform and or when it was abc family or whatever like at like a 10 o'clock on sunday night it was like the 700 club would come on or whatever and so i've seen like moments of the 700 club just like i left the tv on and it was on in the background or whatever um but i i uh I also liked the movie more than I thought I was going to, especially because I really hated Chastain's voice in this, which apparently oh, is so hard. Really good, like impression of Tammy Faye is my understanding. I haven't listened to much of her actual voice, but I did like watch like a snippet of an interview 
um, because the interview she does late in the film, which I won't say exactly any details yet, but um, is like verbatim apparently of the interview, like the the interview where she's interviewing like a TV set essentially, which was kind of weird. Um, but that is like an exact like recreation of that televised interview. Um, so I heard some of that, uh, and I was like, okay, yeah, the voice is a little bit obnoxious um i guess is how you put it like it it feels fake and even her like her laugh and stuff and apparently uh it's referenced in the film but she's like kind of stylizing her voice after betty boop um and i guess maybe even some of the makeup is is a little bit like what if betty boop like more color um because like the big eyes and stuff like that and uh that that was going to be challenging um right away i was like oh boy this is going to be hard to sit through this movie and then then i was like kind of into the movie i I don't think it's i think there's some weird tone stuff that i'm not sure if it's because i know showalter and i know that he's usually attached to comedy where i'm like am i supposed to find this funny or am i supposed to feel like bad for her like i don't know if i'm supposed to be laughing at her or it's like empathizing with her and that's a problem i think because like are we punching down are we are we making fun of her because there's times where she seems a little ditzy you know and oblivious and it didn't like it felt like we could be laughing and that would be wrong but it felt like that was kind of like the way like isn't it isn't she so naive and you're like well yeah but is that should i feel bad that she's naive or should i be like oh my goodness how how naive was this woman you know yeah, um, I think that I think a really big, strong, you know, suit to this movie, though, is that I think that she was like a bigger than life person if we would have known her in real life. And I think they did a really good job portraying that in the movie, you know, like because there are some things throughout the movie where she's just like, I feel like if I did know her in real life she'd probably be the kind of person that's very overwhelming to me um yeah but i just think that they did a really good job portraying that in the movie and i did feel like i could see that being how she is you know what i mean or how she was i should say yeah uh, she did die in i think 2007 if i remember correctly Mm -hmm. um but apparently jim baker's still rocking yeah um not that i'm like wishing anyone died mind you i'm just saying like i was surprised uh given the time frame and everything but um yeah i don't disagree i i think uh you make a, a solid point um i thought vincent d'onofrio's jerry falwell was doing a good vincent d'onofrio like uh he's been kingpin and i felt like he was like southern kingpin in this um like where he was like very intimidating and like this kind of dominating almost mob boss type presence which i think is what they're implying jerry falwell was he had this kind of like my way or the highway like uh practice um but uh i I, it sounds like we both were more positive but not not overly positive we just i think the story is so compelling Uh, yeah and i think that i enjoyed it more than i thought i would enjoy a movie about televangelist that you know what i mean yeah i i'm i'm kind of saving that take for spoilers but um i am very skeptical of i I was trying to relate 
to the people who give money to televangelists, right? Because like you're subscribing a monthly amount of, of money and uh, like they often were saying double your pledge. Like they're, they're like, and I'm like, okay, the only, I, I subscribe to a lot of like streaming services. And so I'm giving my money to things. The only individuals who I give money to, I, I, I give five bucks a month on Patreon to my favorite podcast, the blank check podcast. I get episodes that I want to listen to by doing that. So I don't know if it's like, I, I don't know for sure what they got at the time for like giving 15 bucks a month. Like, did they get like a shirt every month? Did they get like a book every month? Like, or was it just giving them money with like, yes, you're getting your, your service. Cause you're watching it on TV, but you could watch it on TV and not give them money. But if, if no one gave them money, they would have ran out of money and then they wouldn't have TV. So like, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know inside of me when I hear them say, give us your money. It feels immediately wrong, especially because they were wrong because they weren't using the money for what they said they were using the money for. Like it's, we need the money to do this, but it's like, yes, but then you're living in a mansion and you're making a bunch of, you know, so it, it's, it's very, very, I have a lot of opinions about people who do that. Um, and one of them, the, the hardest one to answer to me is, uh, you know what? Let's get into spoilers. Cause I feel like I'm going to start talking about elements of the film that maybe people who haven't watched it yet don't want to know. So we're yeah. going to talk spoilers, Corey. Guys, from here on out, we're going to talk about the eyes of Tammy Faye. In great detail, you have been warned, and it's the film from last year, which we already said. But I didn't know yes. there was a a documentary. Documentary. I didn't either. I didn't either. Except uh, once, once she started talking, I started like looking stuff up. I'm like, oh, there's a documentary, and um, I don't think it's easy to watch. Uh, as in, I don't think it's streaming on anything, or but um, I d- I do want to see it. It's only like seventy minutes too, so it's not even like oh, a, wow. a super long doc. But very okay. So um, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I shall. Um, so right away when we, we, we hear Jim Baker at Bible school and or you know, Bible college, uh, he's preaching. And his immediate like his argument is that God wants us to have wealth. And then his teacher is countering him by saying, like, well, what about the poor? Or what about this? You know, um it's basically the debate of being like a monk where you give up all of your worldly possessions and live in what I don't think the term squalor is, is accurate for most of the same word though. It, right. And you're living with on bare means you're, you're just eating the, the essentials so you can survive, but you're not having luxuries. You, you have, you know, itchy robes um, where he's advocating like, no, 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 no. God wants us to be rich and wealthy. And the thing is, and they, I don't feel like the movie addresses this um, directly, at least. Like, he never admits. You have to wonder, does Jim Baker truly believe that God wants him to have wealth? Or is he saying that so that the people who are giving him the money will think that his wealth is divine? You know what I'm saying? Like, does he actually believe that like all of the money that he's getting and all of that is what God wants. 
or is he just saying that so people won't give him crap for having having all the wealth? You know what I mean? And that is the question that nags at me is like, if you really believe it, then it, what you're doing isn't isn't as evil than if you're lying and manipulating people to give you the money. Like, there's a lot of people like Joel Osteen is one who's current and is under the same scrutiny, right? Like his he has all this money, this all this wealth, and he doesn't the his televised show. I don't think he asked for pledges the same way that like we see these people do in this movie. Um, where they're like literally having pledge drives and stuff like that. Um, and Osteen doesn't have a 24 hour channel, but I do think he asked for donations in some realms. It's just not as it did. This felt like it was all the time. Like that's all like, Hey, we want to keep preaching, but in order to do it, we need your money. And um, constantly asking you to double your pledges and things like that. It just felt well, wrong. Um, and there's another one that was like big when we were younger too. I after you know the bakers, but you know I feel like I remember hearing a lot of scrutiny about him also. But oh my god, I think Jimmy things- Swagger was one um, that is in this movie as a character, but I don't remember when he was in the movie. Um, but. Uh, Pat Robertson, that his he's the Seven Hundred Club. They asked for donations. Jerry Falwell was a big one. There is a couple of others that have existed um, that I also can't think of their names, but have often are tied to controversy of some capacity. Yeah. Um. The things though they they were like doing publicity stunts on their network to get people to do the pledges, like talking about stuff that really doesn't need to be everybody's business. You know, like mm-hmm. making her go on national te- or go on television. That's what were they saying? It's broadcast to 56 different countries. They have 20,000, 220,000 viewers or something. Um, when she cheated on her husband. And then it was like a big thing to get pledges. And they yeah. did that with their personal stuff all the time. Like, since, you know what I mean? I'm not saying, I don't know. I just, believe in your private life should be your private life um so the movie uh because it isn't focused on the the men um there's often moments where we get to see how they kind of look down on tammy or they push tammy to the side um or tammy wasn't like welcomed at the table and she like dragged a chair to the table i Um, love that i i wonder if how much of that scene is true because that scene is really great um, it's probably my favorite scene in the movie, actually, because that is also the f- scene where uh, Jerry Falwell's talking about the gay agenda, and she says, um, I don't see, like, that different, like, all people are from dirt, and there's something along the lines of, like, God doesn't make mistakes, or God loves... God doesn't make junk. That, yes. And I just, that, that, it wasn't, it was the most, like, genuine never in her mind had she even considered disliking anybody. And that's what made me immediately like, and that was 30 minutes or so into the movie at least. And that was what made me love the character. Or I don't want to say the character, the, the person though, because like, despite the shortcomings and obviously she still takes a lot of money and she shops like it's nobody's business. Um, 
she does seem to generally love people, or at least the way the character person is portrayed in this film, that she was sincere I, with that part of her faith. And I, I think that's refreshing. I do too. And I feel like that has to be true because she was doing things in those time periods that were 100%, I feel like, looked down on by so many different people, you know, in their not even in their circle, but you know what I mean? Like yeah. years, I guess. And I mean, in their circle, but also just like in general. Yeah. Cause it, it's during the AIDS crisis. Um, yeah. For parts of this film, which would have easily her supporting a preacher with AIDS who was openly gay. I, I mean, this story could have gone a lot of different directions. Yeah. Like I would have expected almost for her to be like, ex, you know, excommunicated. I don't know. That's the, term for priest i don't know what the term would be for like her being banned from the 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 crew here but like and obviously i think jerry falwell wanted to ban her but uh man well, she just stayed she? around She's a it. woman yeah. yeah there are just so many things about her that i do admire like even her makeup you guys it's a little much like for me i wouldn't yeah. you know what i mean but i love that she still does it as she enjoys because like we learn and i don't doubt this that like women in these communities were not supposed to wear a lot of makeup. And even when she was younger, she was, they were called her a harlot and stuff Yeah, because she does her hair and makeup. And I'm just like, I, there are so many times that they try to break her down and she just keeps. Yeah. Even, even towards the end, um, we see her go in for like a, a pitch to pitch like a, a TV show. Punch him. Yeah. And he's super like kind of laughing at her. And she and she's not. Again, that's where it's like there are moments where she comes off as, as ditzy or dimwitted, but then you see the intelligence, and that's a lot of that comes in in Chastain's performance that she's able to both be kind of, um, you know, she is like Betty Boop. She's very, uh, you know, overly optimistic. She's a little bouncy. Uh, she's got that the voice that just it just sounds like you're not all there. But then she'll do these little mannerisms or a little look and you see like she's like, no, I'm very much aware that you are making fun of me and that you are mocking me. But she's like above it. Like uh, there's a scene where she comes home um, and the kids are like making fun of her. Mm -hmm. And she like walks up to them and, and doesn't ignore that they made fun of her. She calls them out on it, but like introduces herself and they all kind of like they're humbled almost by her, her reaction. Cause she doesn't yell at them. She doesn't curse them out. She doesn't, you know, uh, even really like yell at them as much as she just like openly. Well, now you know me. Yeah. Get to know me first. And th there's something to that, that is inspirational. Um, again, like there are elements to the, the person that I'm like, Oh man, I, I don't get why you're like this or, uh, even, I mean, she marries Jim Baker because they want to have sex and they don't, it's a sin. So they like, they get married so they can have sex. Like that's wild, you know, like, and obviously not the first time that's ever been portrayed, but in my head, I'm just like, man, that's a big, that's a big commitment just because you really want to have sex. Like, but I feel like, I don't, I don't know. Like, do you know she like grows up poor and she's not even allowed to go to church because she's from her mom's first marriage and right. they, they got divorced and you know she goes in and starts speaking tongues and I wonder even at that young of an age how you know was that was that a 
boy so that she could be invited into the church because she just yeah. wanted to go to church with her family. So it's like I feel like a lot of her is calculated. It, it, well, <laughs> the movie does leave it ambiguous, right? Like that's a, do we think it's calculated? Like we we see she's competent and intelligent enough to definitely be capable of that, but her passion and her faith seems so genuine at the same time. It doesn't feel like a manipulation where a lot of the other people like Jim Baker, I I feel like always is lying. And uh, I think given the scandals that he's accused of, that seems accurate. You know, like every read on him is like, no, he's making stuff up. He's a liar. She is a Jason. She's along for the ride, but there's something about her that seems more sincere and like you pointed out when she does stand up for uh gay rights at a time when that was just not acceptable especially from i mean even now a lot of the disputes that we hear about gay rights are coming from various church affiliations more so than than people who aren't connected to something you know there are whole uh churches who are like homosexuality is wrong and homosexuality blah and here she is in a group of people who are advocating against it and in a time when the world is still really like reeling about it and like you have uh, the AIDS crisis happening and people are calling it, um, I forget all of the horrendous names that they called it, but it was always blamed at, at the gay community and she's not following that. So there has to be something more genuine to her faith than mm-hmm. the people she's around. Yeah. But it's still like, it, like you said though, it's still hard to, to tell how much of it is is real and how much of it is a show well i think that in the beginning i think obviously they wanted to be able to make a living doing this and that they both really cared because she even came up with like puppets and stuff yeah and you know if the kids come the parents will come but i i I do think that she loves people. But then on the flip side, I'm like, if you love people so much, why are you swindling them? Yeah. And it's where I have mixed feelings. And that's where that question that I initially asked, I feel like Jim Baker may have been using that, you know, Jesus wants us to be wealthy thing as a manipulation, but she may not have been, she may have genuinely believed that. Like, I also think that, and this is the only reason we have what we have is because we are blessed. That's if you truly believe that you don't think you're swindling people, you know what I'm saying? Like you don't yeah. view it that way, but well, it, it, it it's very hard for me to accept that you believe that God has blessed you while a bunch of other people are dying of starvation. Uh, like it's hard to, to, for me to cope with that. Like, because if you're like, right, that's not the all loving God that we've heard about, because that is that's a problem, right? Like that you get to live an extravagant life with millions of dollars while other people are dying on the street because they have nothing. Like why? Yeah, I don't think they think about that. And I don't I don't know if they did do a lot of charitable work or if they did do donations and stuff. We find out that they have all of these. So I do have a question for you. I want to see if we're reading the same on this, um, that they have a bunch of different um, mansions on the property. One of them she's given to her mother and it makes me sad. And I, you know, I can, I feel like she is an empathetic character in 
or you know that I can empathize or I can I can be sympathetic to her in a lot of ways sorry mm-hmm. um like that she just loves her mom and she wants to have a good relationship with her mom and she wants her mom to you know love her back and she invites her mom and stepdad to come live on their property in their own mansion but like all those mansions that they were building and they said that they were for like kids with cancer and stuff that was just they were just saying that right like the kids didn't actually live there Oh, I don't know. Um, That's probably the feeling not. I got. Yeah, um, like they I... did try to build that theme park. Did exist? Um, oh, did it? Yeah, it was like apparently in between North and South Carolina, um, and it existed for a while. They didn't finish some of it, um, like, but there were like rides and stuff. Uh, like, I don't know. I think the water park might have existed. Um, they were building a giant hotel when they ran out of money and, and then all the scandal broke about Jim Baker. Um, which that's the I don't thing. understand that either. Like, why didn't she have any charges? How did she not get in trouble? Um, I don't think she had any control over anything. Um, like, I think he was manipulating all the, the money and stuff. Um, and again, like. The, the, her claim about the salary like he even claimed that he didn't know what his salary was which is absolute nonsense but um i feel like there's a lot of like him in charge with her kind of thing oh, um yeah. like especially when she kind of cheats on him when she's like grinding on the the i guess it is cheating because they do kiss but um is it terrible that i just i don't know i feel like they're i don't know it is cheating but i don't really care because i want to punch him in the face yeah he's he's awful he's at cheating that point. too and he's not he doesn't he doesn't treat her with any kindness like well you know so that's the 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 thing the movie addresses the uh i feel like the movie kind of skates over the the homosexual a- allegations of him i think i can't remember because when i google his scandal the sex scandal that comes out is that he forced himself on Jessica heard something heard. Um, I'm going to forget her name. That might not be right. But like, and she like used the scandal, like catapult her own career and like does playboy and stuff. Um, but that, that's what seems to pop up the most. If you Google him, Jessica Han, Jessica Han, sorry, Han. Um, and the movie definitely implies a lot more about homosexuality with him. Like there is a scene where he's like tickle fighting a guy and like she catches it. Like she sees it. She, he doesn't see that she sees it. Um, first they were making fun of her and then he's like tickle fighting and she gets this like look of like this guy isn't into women. And it's implied because like, he doesn't want to be with Tammy. He doesn't, they don't have sex as much. And like, there's a lot of that kind of stuff. But I don't know. I feel like they kind of leave some of that open. Like they don't really say I, what he did. I don't. I mean, I don't think they say it out loud. But I think that Tammy knows because she says something yes. to him. He's that assistant guy is such a jerk to her at some point and is like trying to shut up the one person who helps with the phones. Yes. And she she's like, no, I you know I I see what you guys do and I know you know. Again, I think that's a few times where people just assume she's dumb because of her like voice and her uh, her optimism, and it's like, no, if you listen to her, she's not dumb. She I is think she's kind. very aware. Yeah, of, yeah, what's going on around her? Um, yeah. 
Or at, least, I, at least in this portrayal, again, because you know yeah. we haven't seen enough of the real person. But the way that Jessica Chastain is playing her is that she comes off as maybe out of it or or ditzy, but if you pay attention, she is she is very very aware of what's going on around her. I really like her stepdad. <laughs> yeah, me this. too. Me too. Uh, Fred or Frank or Bill something. Something. One of those names. Yeah, I really liked him. Um. I, I got nothing else that I need to address. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to reference before we wrap up? No, I just uh, think I don't, I don't know. I feel I'm not, I don't know. I don't feel like Andrew Garfield was necessarily 1000% needed to be in his role, but I think that Jessica Chastain like killed it. Yeah. I, I love Andrew Garfield generally. I also didn't like, I don't think he's doing a bad job here. He's just like, Maybe it's just he's not a likable character, and so you're just kind of like, yeah, 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 go away. Um, but yeah, Chastain is doing a really good job here. I'm not, I don't dislike Chastain, um, but I also am not like a huge Jessica Chastain fan. Like sometimes she's very much like a kind of blank canvas. Like I, I really love Take Shelter, but she's kind of like, eh, oh yeah, like forgettable in that. Where like Michael Shane is just like a powerhouse in that film. Um, and I feel like that's kind of true with her in some things. But then there's like like Molly's game. I thought she was really great in, and she's obviously really good in Zero Dark Thirty. Um, so I, you know, I'm up and down. Uh, I liked her in this, so you know, I, I don't I don't want her to win the Oscar. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can't remember who. I, I guess I want Kristen Stewart for Spencer. Um, I really want Alana Haim for Licorice Pizza, but she's not uh, nominated. I don't think for the Oscar for that. So, um, <laughs> but. Uh, what do you what do you say this movie falls for you, Corey? Um, I am torn. I'm gonna go with a decent watch, but leaning more towards not Golden Pony Boy than the other way. Same, it, it, it exactly the same. It's it's definitely not leaning towards not a total waste of time, but it's probably mostly centered in, in decent watch. I did find the story really compelling, though. It was stuff I knew very little. Um. I, I especially didn't know what like her advocating for gay rights at a time when it was just not going to be accepted in the community. And again, especially because she was a woman in a world where it was dominated by men and she managed to find a place for herself. And uh, I don't really enjoy the songs in this movie, but she was apparently a pretty successful gospel singer. Um, when you said that earlier, I wonder what they got for their pledges. It just made me think of NPR. You get a one-time CD if you make a hundred dollars yeah, contribution. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's our review of The Eyes of Tammy Faye. Again, you can watch that on HBO Max right now. Uh, we will be back next week with another HBO Max movie. We're going to be talking about Unpregnant. Um, that one stars Haley Lee Richardson. I, I talked about her earlier. Uh, I'm a big fan of hers, so I've been meaning to get to that movie for a while. Um, it is another uh, movie about abortion. Um, so, you know, we've had... Uh, and uh, this was unplanned, but the first three movies of now streaming are all female-led uh, films. They're all focused around a female protagonist. So uh, how appropriate for Women's Month that we picked... Yeah, I just got to say. Um, yes. Accidental. That was not planned. But hey, you know what? Sometimes things just work out. I'm pretty sure the last movie is not going to be female-led, though, given the nature of it. So It was me. Um, <laughs> you were so thoughtful with yours uh, still again that wasn't my intent uh, I did pick them because of the abortion thing because there's a lot of uh, abortion law happening right now so I was like hey 
this is relevant to the world we're living in. So let's let's focus on that. But um, and Isaac Tammy Faye actually was kind of relevant too because again she's advocating for gay rights and we're living in a time when uh, both the states we live in are actively trying to suppress gay rights. So um, you know we're uh, accidentally political and maybe intentionally political. We didn't know that about Tammy Faye though, so we can't take credit for choosing that one. But Bird. it it did kind of fit into things. Um, that said, folks, that's our episode. We'll be back next week. In the meantime, you can follow us on social media. I'm at Burke Reviews and Corey. At Corey R Star, two R's on the end. And if you like our little podcast here, please take a minute and rate and review us on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen to the show. It helps other people find us. With that, I say keep watching movies. Hey, this is Matt from What I Watch Tonight. Come join me in the back row for movie discussion, retrospective episodes with guests, director-focused shows, end-of-year rankings, start-of-the-year predictions, and much, much more. There's more going on in the back row than you might think. This has been a Burke Reviews podcast. BurkeReviews.com